Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have an in depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. But of course, it is COVID time, so I don't have someone here right in the studio. But due to modern technology, <laughs> I'm still able to do my podcast uh, via Skype or via whatever Facebook chat we're doing today. And um, there's something you know, it's kind of relevant, and I'm sure we'll also talk about a lot of things that are not relevant, because that's just how our friendship is, but... I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I've been misinterpreting our friendship this entire time. Exactly. I'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> and the um, the smooth, silky tones that you are oh, hearing, everybody, is, of <laughs> course, this is maybe the fourth pod you've done for me, maybe even fifth. You've I, been, you're I just so immersed in all of Bedpost. I can't, I don't even know. But anyways, multiple podcast, mm. Bedpost podcast guest. This yes. is Bedpost's favorite phone <laughs> sex operator, Leo Lorotowicz, everybody. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And everyone's like, She's a phone sex operator, but that voice, Christ. <laughs> I think it's a lovely voice. Do you? Do you? Yeah. It's kind of blown out right now because I've been talking so much that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I get a real strain on, which I'm fine with. I kind of want to keep with the strain because I want to see what it turns into, like if it gets real witchy and stuff. Yeah, punk rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had like this high girly voice like my whole <laughs> life and now I'm like... I want to drop the bass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the bass. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No trouble. So, um. <laughs> no trouble. <laughs> I can't believe I just quoted that song. I hate that song, but I quote it too much. Um. I like that song, actually. I'm not mad at that Yeah. Song. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure and I'm just not ready yeah. to like admit, you know. Embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> Feel it. So is your voice tired from talking, like phone sex talking, or are just yes. other? Yes, you're from doing screaming all night. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you're working that much that your voice is fucked. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's true. Oh my god. Okay, so you yeah. okay for people before we get into this because this is I love already where this <laughs> is going. It's going. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It is, yep. it is just cat been catapulted. I love it. But for people yep. who, for some reason, if people don't know who you are by now, if they haven't, you know, maybe they just started listening to the pod or something. Do you want to just tell people like who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm Leah. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um, Charmed. I'm a phone sex operator. And I've been a phone sex operator for off and on for like 10 years. So that's exactly what it sounds like. I work at home and uh, I patch into a system uh, website and then gentlemen's call me and uh, I talk dirty to them until they usually until they blow a load, but sometimes not so much. That's usually, you know, 
what the what the goal is. Yeah. And um, I have regulars and I have uh, fly by night <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> they call me from you know their closets, their literal closets. Yeah. And uh, and I've done pretty much every. I've had all kinds of conversations all over the all all over the map of human sexuality. <laughs> I think I've covered like pretty much every fetish you could imagine. Um, and you have multiple kind of personas, like multiple profiles, right? Multiple personality disorder. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Multiple persona disorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have several. I have a Dom character who specializes in feminization, which is uh, the, the sort of clinical term is autogynephilia, which is men that want to dress up like women Cross-dressers is what they used to be called, um, or transvestites is like the term of yesteryear. And they're not transsexual. Um, they don't want to transition Yeah, they're not medically. transgender. No, they're not transgender at all. They don't want to, um, you know, live, live their everyday life as, you know, as a, as a woman. They actually enjoy living as a man and then... At, at night behind closed doors they like to dress up like women but not just women like really slutty really slutty women and be very very degraded so they have an alter ego that is like this really slutty woman that they like to be and uh I specialize in that and that's just something I fell into like I wasn't like when I grow up <laughs> you were I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, when I grow up, but you know, what's really funny is like, I, I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was like 10 or something. Mm-hmm. And my mom found out I had seen it. And she was like, do you know what that movie's about? And I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, what's it about? And I'm like, music? Like, you know, I didn't want to have like an uncomfortable conversation, but she explained to me what a transvestite was. And she tr- explained to me the difference between a transvestite and a transsexual. And in those days... They still use the word transvestite. They don't use it anymore. But yeah, and transsexual, I don't think that's super. No, they don't. Transgendered, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I forget, and I feel really bad about that because I, I mean no harm. I'm just old, you know. <laughs> and it's I think it's the the way it's abbreviated. Like it's usually just trans. So I don't think we often use the full the full word no. that to remember often. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. the thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. I love everybody. It's cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I remember my mom telling me about this. And she's like, and some men, they like to dress up like women. And it's totally okay. She's like, it's not a big deal. You don't, you know, it's not weird. It's just something they like to do. And it's so weird to think about that now, because now I talk to these guys like all the time, you know, and yeah. uh it's just like a weird little thing. I haven't told my mom that though, because I think that would be a really awkward conversation to have with your mother. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, ma, remember that conversation we had about Rocky Horror? It was prophetic. Um, yeah, it really affected me in my career choice. <laughs> yeah, and now it's a thing I do. Yeah. For money. Totally. Um, so that's yeah. One so of, one of your personas. One of my personas. Yeah, and. Uh, Totally just fell into it. And another one is, um, you know, perpetual college girl, perpetual, like, horny college girl, right? Sure, yeah. You know, um, always, always, uh, (laughs) always keyed up. (laughs) Keyed up. 
always keyed up. And then uh, another persona, Andy, is like, it's more closer to my personality, more closer to like who I am. How so? You know, like in her 30s and blatantly strange. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Blatantly strange and not not particularly interested in pleasing anybody, which you think wouldn't work well in a phone sex capacity. But there is sort of like a thing that some people have where they like to be ignored or treated like shit. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know. And of these three personas, like, is there one that tends to be more like more in demand or more popular? I'd say uh, my Dom character is definitely. In very high demand. Yeah. Yeah, in such high demand that your throat is sore from yelling at people. Yeah, and just talking. Just yappity, yappity, yappity. Gotta keep hydrated, Leah. I try, girl, but... (laughs) I know. Like, there's been times where I've had to stop because, like, I'm, like, I'm gonna get laryngitis. Like, I'm not gonna be able to talk. It's gonna be, like, a whisper. And, like, I've had to go to the convenience store and, like, buy a bunch of coconut water and shit to, like... Try, try to, to get everything back in order. Yeah, because if I'm you, if so you lose calls, your yeah. voice, then that's I know your, that's all your income or most yeah. of your income. I'm assuming. Oh, it's oh, it's yeah, it's the whole deal right now, anyways. Because um, you know, what else am I going to do? I'm one of the few people who still has a job. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, does this um, what you're doing now? Maybe you can talk about how it looks different than it did before like pre pre covid what has changed for you if anything well it's interesting because it's like uh you know i mean people people always have like weird ideas about my job you know like some people are very very intrigued and some people are disgusted you know um which surprises me and maybe it shouldn't but it does uh cuz i'm like well, what's the big deal right? Like, I don't really get the point of like, but I don't get the point of like being shitty to the sex workers, period. But that's me, you know. Um, But now it's kind of interesting, because when COVID hit, it was like, you know, all these people who had like respectable jobs, they have to like go on the dole, you know, like they have to go on the government dole, which is totally fine. But it's interesting, because people's attitudes are now like, oh, you still have a job, like you still work, like you still have you know, something to do every day that gives you money. And like, my job is gone. And I don't know what the future holds for me. And I'm on the government dole. And before this, I shat on people who were on welfare. And I looked down on sex workers. And now I'm like, I'm seeing that there's this total flip. Yeah. It's been really interesting, because I can say that it's like, people can talk shit about me and say nasty things. But I'm like, yeah, but I still have a job. <laughs> you know, like, I'm still yeah. working. Like, do you have a conflict about the fact that you're still working and other people are not? Like, I, I, I've been kind of conflicted about how I feel about that. Like, how, because I've basically gone, you know, had to go completely online. I did offer some services before, but not, you know, right. I didn't advertise it really. And it was kind of just by request only. So now right. the majority of my income is, you know, online services. It has and to I, be, right? I, it has to be, yeah. Because I'm not... You know, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to get CERB, you know, if I applied for that. See, that's the thing, yeah. So I have to do this, and I'm happy to do this, but 
I, I gotta admit, I do feel conflicted about the fact that I'm still working and that I'm actually like, maybe even making more money than I was pre COVID. Like, I feel, you know what yeah. I mean? I feel kind of guilty yeah. about it, because so many people are out of work yeah. right now. Yeah, no, I do feel I do feel guilty. Like, I feel, I feel I'm not bad saying cause... you should, by the way. No, no, no. But there are moments for sure. Because yeah. I'm like, I can't say it torments me, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, me neither. But you know, but I, I do think about it. Like I'm not somebody who's just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like I do think about it for sure. You know? Yeah. And, like uh, for instance, I'm like, you know, I, I try to underplay it like publicly, like just for example, like say on my Twitter doming Twitter account, you know, I'm not like, I'm definitely not going to be, like, gloating around that I'm doing well financially right now, you know? No, it's that's tacky, right? Like, that is real tacky. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but you're kind of been given a responsibility because it's like, before this, I mean, it's so interesting because I think it's, it's interesting because it's like, you know, before this, people bragged a lot online and now nobody can brag about anything because everyone's in the same situation. Totally. Right. Yeah. Like you can't pretend you're going on some cool vacation because it's like, well, there is no vacations, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like people can't really like, what are you boasting about? Yeah, I think the There's one nothing. boast that I do see is about like doing well mental health wise. And I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> no, yeah, you're it's not. <laughs> you're not because you're on social media bragging about it. You need reinforcements <laughs> about how great you are. So that right there tells me that you're not doing well. And again, coming from a person that like I'm doing okay mental health wise, like ups and downs clearly, like um, yeah, everyone, but, yeah. And like you know, sometimes posts like that can be helpful, like talking about how much you got accomplished that day, or like you know what, like trying to be inspirational. I get if that's the angle, but sometimes depending on where my head is at, it can read like a brag or it can read as like, yeah. oh, maybe that is a good idea. Maybe I should do some exercise today or something. It's like, sure. I think dependent on the reader, how they receive it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And it's like, yeah, I think it's cool to encourage people to be productive, but yeah. but don't like shit on them because they can't be. Totally. Yeah, and like I said, it's kind of a responsibility because it would be real easy to go and like brag about like, well, I'm getting a real windfall from this and shit like that. And it's like, but that's that's real sociopathic, you know, to be like really not reading the landscape and uh, and realizing. I feel like in, in working, though, I am like helping in a way because it's kind of like a lot of people are on CERB and, and you know, they they have to be to survive and it's like well i i don't have to be on it so i'm not on it so it's kind of like it's a bit of a help in a way i guess to the overall economic situation going on you know yeah and also i feel like like obviously there's a range but i feel like mm -hmm. i am helping people kind of get through this time so that makes me oh, feel totally. good about my work as well like you know people are going nuts in their own homes or say they are in an essential services job mm -hmm. and they've got long hard fucking days you know mm -hmm. maybe I'm helping mm -hmm. in a way to do a session with them or something like that remotely so I feel that way and I felt that way before this you know like I would talk to and I'm sure you have too like lots of people who work in very 
stressful, fucked up jobs, you know, and um, jobs where they could die, jobs where it's very taxing emotionally and like, you know, they have to be strong all the time for everybody else. And it's nice that they don't have to be strong in their own home and they can kind of like find a release. Totally. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, so yeah, I've always talked to a lot of essential workers. I'm sure you have too. And now, especially for sure, you know, it's like, I feel they need it more than anything. And um, it's nice. It's nice to be able to give that. I mean, yeah, they're paying for it, but like, I feel like they feel all right to pay for it because they do get, I do give them their money's worth, you know, like Mm -hmm. give them a conversation and make them feel better. Yeah. In response to you saying, giving them like kind of an emotional, satisfying an emotional need as well. Do you find this type of work to be emotionally laborious for you or are you able to kind of separate and how do you balance that? It can be for sure. And in the past, like when I wasn't such a a veteran of it, it's like, yeah, I really, I overdid it sometimes, you know, like I, uh, I used to do girlfriend experience stuff, which is if people don't know, it's like, um, it's what it sounds like. And some people know what it is. It's like you, um, pretend to be someone's girlfriend, you know, like you talk to them, on a consistent basis, you don't see them necessarily, but it's like you talk to them a lot. They tell you about their lives and, and you have conversations that are more like boyfriend, girlfriend relationship type, you know? Yeah. So you give that, that illusion, I guess, that you are in a relationship and that you know each other intimately on a day-to-day basis. And it's very lucrative, obviously, because you're getting the same person, you know, calling you and talking to you for long periods of time. And they, they dote on you and shit. But it's like, I don't do it anymore. Because it's never ever wound up well, it always ended up me having to pull the plug and say, you're too invested in this. You're starting to freak me out. I don't like where this is going. And I have to shut this down. Yeah, you know. or it's like a personal boundary of yours where it's like, yeah. I'm, I can't give this much time to one person. Like, that's what's yeah. happened with me. I'm also, oh, wow. you know, I, I've also kind of done that where like, you know, you'll have like a texting sub or a calling sub that wants mm-hmm. a consistency to the dynamic, right? So it's, you know, kind yeah. of similar in that way where they want access to you all the time, right? Yes, And that can be, like, I've definitely hit a wall trying to do that for someone, for a client. Really? And and had to say, I'm sorry, like, I've got to, yeah, I can't do this. Like, I've got to set new boundaries around it or something like that. Because, yes, the, like, how much it costs me versus the reward is like, it's not worth it for me. So I've I've had those moments where I have to kind of reevaluate that for sure. Yeah, I mean, the last girlfriend guy, girlfriend experience guy that I had, it was like, I mean, it was years ago, but I was just, it was like, he was just getting way too attached and way too needy, you know, calling me too much. And I mean, you think like with my job, there's no such thing as being called too much, but yeah, when it's the same person and 
you know, they're really, they just like want to talk to you for long, 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 long periods of time. And, you know, I was lying to him about everything. Like I, he didn't know my real name. He didn't know my age. He didn't know my, um, everything I told him was a lie. Cause that's how I do. Right. Like I don't give myself away like that. I have very firm boundaries in terms of personal information and I always have, but it just was like, I was just feeding him a bunch of horse shit, you know, while he like kept going on and on and on and on. And he was starting to freak me out, you know, like it was starting to get just too obsessive because he would, you know, I'd pick up the call and he would be like, how come I couldn't get through to you? Right. And I was like, dude, you do realize that you, you take out a credit card to talk to me, right? Like, yeah, you're not the only person I'm talking to, right? You do know that. And you know, I have off hours, right? Like this is a job and I have off hours. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing was that he was messaging me a ton and he was, he just seemed like any, and every time I would talk to him, he would need to tell me about like everything he had done that weekend and shit like that. And it was just like, okay, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, with you telling me that, but it feels like this is really like, you're really lost in this fantasy you know, like you're really treating me like I'm your girlfriend and I'm not and I'm, I'm getting freaked out by this, you know. So it got to a point where I was like, we can't talk anymore. We can't. Like, this is too far. And I feel like I'm, it's like, it's like when someone's, I mean, it's sad to say, but it's like when someone's drowning, you know, they say like, keep your distance if you're trying to save them. Because like, if you just leap on top of them, like they're going to drag you down too. And it's like, I was trying my best to kind of like maintain a distance, but try to help this guy. But then it got to a point where it was like, he has these emotional needs. And this, you know, this, this, uh, this desperation, and I can't fulfill it, you know, and he's just like clinging at me more and more and more trying to fill this void, because he's found someone he thinks he can connect with. And I'm not his therapist and I'm not his mom and I'm not his wife. I need to like, just kind of, I need to pull the plug. Cause it, at some point it's like, I'm not helping him. I'm actually probably making the, making it worse for him. Cause I'm giving him something like false hope. Right. Or you're enabling his, yeah. his neediness or his dependency issues or what have you. A hundred percent. Every time I'm picking up the phone, it got to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm validating your neediness because I do pick up, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and I do. So you know, how will you learn to self-soothe, for example, like if I keep just yeah. being there every time you call? Yeah. How do you develop those independency skills? Yeah, yeah, where you, you, you're not like, right? Because, and that became very, very, you know, apparent that it's like this guy doesn't have those inner resources and he's looking outside himself and this isn't just like a fun thing he's doing to like let off right. some steam and have some fun right right yeah. right yeah that's an end point important kind of um differentiation right yeah yes yeah and i i think it, i started to get the sense he was losing touch with reality you know like not not to the point like i'm not saying he was delusional and like you know like seeing things that weren't there but I'm saying like he was lost in this fantasy life 
it yeah, was you were his up. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh, it just, it never ends well. It never ends well, you know. And I used to cam, you know. I used to do camming before I did phone sex. I hated it. I feel like some people can do it and do so well with it. And I just don't have, I don't know. I don't have the enzyme or something, you know, like, well, it's hard. I, I oh feel God. like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it either. It's like crazy multitasking that you have to be oh. doing. Like you have to be, you get messages. So you've got to be answering messages. You have to be reading. You have to be looking sexy. You have to be doing what they're asking. Yes. You have to be like, on and on and on it's like you're juggling a thousand balls oh it's so stressful it's so much work yeah it's so much work I mean kudos to those who do it and do it well because like you know they do it like I see some women how they do it and I'm just like god damn like you really got game you know um and me no I was just like an octopus I was just like a (laughs) flailing cephalopod (laughs) like trying to keep my shit together but yeah I had a girlfriend experience guy from Dubai. He was a British dude. And um, he got massively attached to me. And at one point, I had to I had to pull the plug too. Because he, he started making really weird requests. Like, really weird shit. And he just, like, crossed the line in a way that I was like, that's disgusting. I, I would, like, I'm officially done with you, you know? Like... And that, and that was sort of an important thing for me too, because it's kind of like, you know, when you first start doing phone sex, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's just fantasy, you know, whatever, da, 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 da. But it's like. you can't really see the harm in any of it. Right? Because it's just words. But I have very, very, very hardcore boundaries when it comes to fantasies, you know? And it's just like. There's some people who will just do anything and everything. They put it, but to me, like some shit just doesn't have a dollar amount because it's just not worth going there, you know? So, yeah, I keep myself safe because I keep myself, I, 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 I have a lot of boundaries and I find like I just compartmentalize well with the job, you know? I think I always have, but it's gotten stronger over the years because I realize how important it is. Yeah, and you learn, too, through trial and error. Like, you learn how to do that, right? Yeah, as as I'm sure you know, and you've mentioned before, it's like, yeah, there's like a trial and error learning curve. Yep. You know, you do stuff, and you go, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that again, or I'm going to handle this differently, because it's it's not my, you know, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, not my favorite, even, yeah, for any reason, not my favorite thing to do. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. 
Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Like, yeah, I actually had a, um, I do dom consultations, like with doms who are like aspiring to, you know, work in the field, like work professionally. You're um, Mrs. Dom. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the big dom. I'm the. The, the big dom on campus. <laughs> the big dom on campus. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm, and I tell them that oh, I'm on. like, Hey, I'm just like, I can tell you. I can give insight from my own experience. That's literally all I can do. But the last Hey, that's person, valuable, man. Don't ever underestimate is. that. Yeah, no, it is. It fully is, but I'm just like I'm not really an authority. I would never say I'm an authority on really any particular thing, but I can tell you what I've learned, right? Yeah, I know a little bit about pretty much everything and that's right. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um so she was kind of struggling with you know, she, she's starting to do some things and actually talking about feminization. She was nice. starting to do, you know, some sissification, feminization mm-hmm. things. Sissy, and she really yeah. didn't like them. So she was kind of telling me about them oh. and how they are kind of, she finds them harmful. Um, okay. Oh, you interesting. Know, like in, in the way that um, it kind of feels like anti-feminist to be, you know, cu- putting someone down mm. for wanting to express their femininity and okay yeah stuff like that so that was a conflict for her and I was like cool you don't have to do it then good don't, don't, don't do, do it, it. Please don't. don't do it yeah yeah and I kind of helped her realize that she likes the aspect um of feminization that is like people exploring gender like and totally. without, without shame and without judgment being able to you know, dress in super feminine slutty clothes um, because they don't feel like they could do that. And maybe they would like to do that. So she's like, I like that aspect of it. Sure. But I don't like like when they want to be like degraded and whatnot for being a sissy. She's like, I don't even like that word. And I'm like, well, great. Then those are the boundaries for you. Then if the intention is this, then you'll do it. But if the intention is this other thing, then you won't. There you go. You yeah, said and, it, and not me. Like, so just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people, I feel like they need permission to be able to say, I don't like something. Totally. That's like a lot need... of these consultations I have. I'm just validating what they already know. I'm just yeah, like, but sometimes you need that, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I like to give that to people too. Like if I ever speak to other sex workers or whatever, uh, who are starting out, you know, I just have conversation with them. I always say, you know, you, you never, 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 never have to do anything you don't want to do. And like, you're not beholden to anything or anybody. Like people think, you know, people think sex workers don't have boundaries and they think that we just are complete whores that just are, are money hungry and unscrupulous and don't do, you know, don't have ethics or morals. 
And yeah, I'm sure there are those out there who are like that for sure. But there's people like that in every avenue, you know, like every place. Um, but don't assume that's how everybody rolls, you know, like you, you can't really be a sex worker for a prolonged period of time and actually not have morals and ethics because you're going to get in trouble. You're going to burn yourself out and uh, you're going to go insane if yeah. you don't have boundaries. Yeah. And I find that's kind of common um, yeah, in this yeah. industry to just say yes to everything right away. Like I did totally. it. I for sure did it. I overextended myself and I yep. went in just wanting to do everything and then over yeah. time had to you know, put up boundaries surrounding things. And as we said, that learning curve, right? But that is totally. common for girls. Like I have a lot of full sex, full service friends, full service sure. sex work friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll go ahead and just book as a many appointments in a day as they possibly can fit in the day. Oh, and mama. then a couple, you know, a couple months later, they're like, they leave the industry. Because they can't take it. Yeah. And it's like, no, it, but if you just you know, take pace the yourself. time to pace yourself and scale back and set boundaries surrounding things. Like I have boundaries surrounding how many sessions I'll do in a day. Hell yeah. Like three, like I'll do two to three. I, I can't do over three. That's too much for me. Way too much for me. Yeah. But some like, people can and they like, and they enjoy it. And that's where they live, you know? So sure. that's something that you need to figure out for yourself and it might take time, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like when, when I did camming, I just thought, yeah, I got to do everything. You know what I mean? Like I was sticking things in my ass and I don't have a problem with anal, but I mean, it's painful. It's not, and you have to like prepare for it and stuff, you know? Yeah. The prep and, is the thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. If the people prep. Knew, oh, the prep. If people only knew the behind the scenes of anal the prep. The behind the scenes preparation. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, I want it. But then it's like, do you, okay, I'm not, I'm not a sex doll. Like, I am a person. Like, yeah. this isn't something. And you something... know why it's more expensive, right? Is because it takes so much fucking prep. Like, oh my God. And it's like, and it hurts, dude. Like, you're not supposed to be jam, jamming things. Yeah. It yeah. can. Yeah. It can be really painful. But I was just like subjecting myself to this. Ah, oh, yeah. And, and why, you know? Why? For what? For who? Yeah. For some fucking dude? Yeah. Somebody you don't fucking know? Who who doesn't care? Some dude somewhere in the world who I don't know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. But I'm like jamming things into my ass for, for his gratification. When he could just go watch porn. But he has to ask me specifically because I'm doing it for him. But I would do shit like that because I was like, well, of course. I can't just sit here. And it's like, you don't have to go that far. You don't have to go that far. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have a lot of friends who uh, like also are amazing anal cam performers and anal um, mm. film performers as well who love it. And that's their jam. And that's like where art. they really live and good for them, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah, but that's the thing of it's they're subjective. Boundaries are subjective, you know. They totally are. And yeah. honestly, like I always say, you know, like if someone's not into something and they do it anyways, you can tell. Right? It leaks through. Cause like any time in my life that I've ever like just done something for like a, a partner or whatever because I 
you know, wanted them to be happy. And like, I'm fine doing stuff for other people that like, maybe I'm not totally into it, but I understand you like it. And I'm like, cool with that, you know, and I get something out of you being turned on. But there's times I've done things where it's like, I really, really wasn't comfortable at all. And I didn't like it. But they were being very pushy. And it was like, okay, I'll do this for you. But I feel like, but like, they, you know, I could, I felt shitty the whole time. And it was like, is this the point? Like you, you just do something anyways, but inside you're like seething and annoyed and like resentful. Like, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to work like that, you know? No. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that, you know, that you, people might not think that would be an issue with doing internet work because you're, you know, you're not immediately in the room with a person who's bigger and stronger than you. Yes. But you still do have to be as adamant about maintaining your boundaries because as you said, like you, you know, you're doing cam um, Mm -hmm. and there's no one in the room making you do it, but there are still a thousand reasons, you know, in your head why you think you have to or pressures surrounding that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's still stuff that you need to be practicing and and know how to do before you kind of jump in ideally yeah and like when no one's guiding you it's just kind of like I guess I guess this is how it is like I guess it's just it's just uh you just do everything you just throw yourself at it and um and in some ways that's kind of a good like it served me to a certain capacity because I learned a lot you know like I was like I don't know what this is but I'm willing to try and like you know, I have a pretty good compass in terms of like, you know, if something's morally decrepit or like unethical or, you know, shitty thing to do. I don't just, I never just was like, oh, what's this? You know, like, but I learned a lot about all kinds of different things. And so that served me. But I also learned like, yeah, the most important thing is, is to say no. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think I tweeted the other day. I'm like, say no to something that today, just for practice. You yeah. Know? Don't just please to somebody. Work, work that muscle. Yeah. Just, just to remind yourself that you can say no, like to anything. Like, oh yeah. And yeah. right, right now it's kind of interesting. Um, for me, I, I've kind of had to re-figure this out because as I said, it was like the majority of my income was from in-person, then now it's not. So I kind of had to relearn that through this because wow. I was like taking every bit of work I could get because I thought I was out of work and I needed to work to make up for it and I'm not getting Serb. So I felt pressure to like do everything. Oh, totally. To make money so I can, you know, pay my mortgage. I have a mortgage. So, yeah. And then after April, like when May started, I looked at what I made in April Mm -hmm. and it was like astronomical. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Shit. I don't need to be taking every single bit of work, even though I'm burnt out or I don't like the person or I don't like the request. I'm like, okay, like I had a moment where I thought I needed to say yes to everything. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, fuck that. May I am taking a huge step back. Nice. Huge. It's yeah. nice when you can kind of tailor it. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's a place of privilege too, where I, it's a place of privilege to be able to say no, like to be able to, even for me to to turn down work, there you go. Like even for me to not have to continue taking in-person sessions, like that's a privileged place, place to speak from right there. So. Oh, totally. And I'm very grateful and lucky that I'm like, okay, I made a lot in April and now I'm seeing the big picture. So I realize I can say no now. A lot of people can't. It takes a little while. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it just, I, and then I had to readjust. So it's kind of interesting that we're talking about this because I totally, like during going from regular life to COVID life, I kind of did have to figure that out again. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, it's definitely been a situation where it's like, I feel as though it's, it's forced sort of everybody to reevaluate their entire life. Like, because I think a lot of people are like, what am I without my job? You know? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and for some people, it's like, not only do they not have a job now, but even when COVID ends eventually, and whatever happens, you know, whatever the world looks like, it's like, because of the field that they're in, it's like, I don't know if, like, maybe my entire career is over. Totally. Yeah, like, people that are in um, careers that, you know, have large crowds, like, oh, you know, forget that, it. that could be years, you know, if you're an events producer, if you're, oh my God. you know, if yeah, you're a musician, any, dude, musician, a creative types, like, that require audiences, theater, yeah, where are you like, going to play? Yeah, everything. So everything. It's it's a massive a, yeah. Yeah, it's a massive shift. Yeah, and it's kind of made me look at my job too cuz like there's been times. I mean, I do other things too. I write, but it's like I mean, the way I make money is through phone sex and whatnot, and it's like sometimes I've just been like, "Oh, I'm just a phone sex operator." And like I know people find that really interesting and it is, but like sometimes I've just felt like that's all I am, you know? And that's all people see. And I'm just judged by that. And, you know, people don't really see other things about me or whatever. But now that this has happened, it's made me just kind of like, double down on how I feel about it. And I'm like, yeah, I still have a job. And like, maybe people look down on it. And maybe people think that's all I am. But it's, it's something that it's a part of my life. It's a part of who I am. And it's actually done a lot of good things for me. You know, it's given me a financial freedom that an independence that I wouldn't have had without this, you know. Yeah, and you like, can work from home, which is important to you, right? Oh, yeah, because I have agoraphobia, which is like, it's basically just it's scared of going outside. Um, yeah. And I, I've worked through it. And I can go outside and I can talk to people like everyone always just thinks that you must be like terrified at all times. But it's, yeah, no, you've, started... you've done my bedpost shows. You've been on stage in front of yeah, crowds dude, of people, cause... entertaining whole rooms. You're a blast. Thank we've you. Gone, well, because I want to be. dancing at Club M4. <laughs> so much fun. Ripping up the dance floor. Rip it up. Tear that Tear mother effer up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I got into this job, because I needed a fucking job. And I, I didn't, I, I couldn't do a, a job where, at the time... I couldn't like just work at Starbucks or something like that because I was just scared of people and going outside and it was just way too stressful for me. It was just too much. And then I discovered this job and it was like, not only can I stay home and work, but I actually make way more money than I would if I was working at Starbucks, you know, 
and not to shit on Starbucks. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I found something that really works for me and, uh, and it, and it, it fed something and actually being able to talk to so many people like every single day. And I mean, yeah, people are assholes. I've spoken to plenty of assholes. I've, you know, people are abusive. They're crappy, whatever. I don't take it personally. Thank God. But it helped me kind of like reintegrate into society because I met so many people who were just like really nice and had like a lot of good insight and just like really appreciated me as a person and would say genuinely nice things about me. You know, like I really enjoy talking to you or like you're funny or you're smart. And it was like, oh, like from this really weird place, this like kind of scummy, strange place that most people would like totally look down on. And yeah, they're jerking off while they're talking to me. I make people happy. What can I say? And, yeah. and there's uh, no shame in that. Like, there's no shame. I make people fucking happy. I make people fucking jizz their brains out. I mean, is that something to amazing. fear at? No. No, no dude. <laughs> right? No. Just like sticking things in your ass. Like doing good, good, you know, anal performances. Like, I don't think that's something to fucking sneer at. Can you do it? No. Like, yeah, doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. That's art. Shit. So you see how some people work their butthole? It is fucking oh art, buddy. I know. I know. <laughs> like, you can say what you want, but you know how it really is inside. Like, someone's looking at that going, that's impressive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, like. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> like, work that. So it's like, it's like, you know, in this really odd place, it's like, I've actually had like some, like, I've actually been able to like grow and change and heal as a person, you know, and, and, uh, overcome a lot of my psychological issues, you know, and it's so strange, but it's like, what is there to be ashamed of that? Everyone always is like searching for like things have to be done in such a like pristine manner in order to achieve like spiritual enlightenment. And it's like, well, guess what? Sometimes you could get it on a phone sex line talking to a guy who wants to put on a dress and have you stick something in his butt that seems like it shouldn't fit. But for some reason, he makes it work, you know, like he wants you to call him Mary. And like, this is where you're growing. (laughs) Right? Yeah. This is where you're going. I'll tell you, one of the funniest things someone ever said to me one time on about like the sissy, like the feminization line is I was describing putting makeup on this guy and I was like, and I'm going to get out the glitter. He goes, oh, no, no glitter. It'll clog my pores. (laughs) (laughs) That was a hard limit for him. As we said, limits are subjective. (laughs) Hey, man, and who am I? Like, I get it, dude. Like, I was like, the fact that you know that makes me respect you more. Now, suck my dick, Mary. (laughs) Right? Oh, I love it. I love it. For some reason, whenever I see glitter, I think about it getting in my lungs, like me breathing it in. (laughs) And that freaks me out. (laughs) Oh, no. So I hear that as a limit. I don't like glitter either. (laughs) Death by glitter. Can you imagine? Yeah. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's glitter bombing. People think it's funny. What if you inhale that shit and then you fucking end up in a hospital on a ventilator? Oh, do you have COVID? No, glitter no, bomb. Glitter bomb. <laughs> Someone thought it was funny. <laughs> Someone should do a PSA about glitter bombs. Yeah, where's the the Buddy White PSA about yeah. glitter bomb? Yeah. You know, she did a um 
back in the day, obviously, she did a um, a PSA about not putting a Q- your Q-tips in too far. <laughs> oh, thank God. I You're know. kidding. This is gonna, I'm going to look for this when we're done talking, and I'm going to watch it over and over again. It's around. It for sure is around. <laughs> you know what? I wish I had seen that PSA as a kid, because like, I, I did know. that shit all the time. I was time. scratching my brain with those Q-tips, yeah. Oh, it feels good, though, right? Oh, it feels so good, yeah. And I Honestly, think that's why they had to do the PSA, because it does You know, that's good. so funny. Let me tell you something. Like, I realized one time when I was cleaning my ears, and I was just, like, making weird noises while I was doing it. Like, just like, oh. Like, I, I realized I'm like, this is arousal. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't not pretend that this isn't arousal. Like when I stick a Q-tip in my ear, the feeling it gives me is, it's, I'm turned on. (laughs) Oh my God. You're really good with like the scientific names of fetishes. What is that one? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Well, now you really put me on the spot, mama. I'm sure there's a word for being sure penetrated like a, in the ear. It has to be like aural, like A-U-R-A-L, like aural stimulation yeah. or... Okay. We're taking a brief pause while I find this out. Okay. It's got to be something. Okay. I feel a little ashamed that I never looked it up. Name. I used to have these this pick that this ex-boyfriend gave me from Chinatown that yeah. just like you just dig the wax out of your ears and it is so foul and I can't tell you how satisfying it is it was like being given a sex toy (laughs) and then he broke up with me and I snapped it in half and threw it away (laughs) ideal I mean you have to honestly and doing that that was one of the worst things because it was like I really liked that like I really liked that Chinese ear pick you know (laughs) I really liked it I mean, I had to throw away, like, everything that he had, like, given me, pretty much, because I was like, I can't keep sex toys a guy who dumped me gave me. Like... No. Yeah. That's bad juju. Totally. You can't that's carry those juice. those into um, into the next relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, the only thing I can find is um, the Latin for ear penetration, which is oh. or- orum, which you're orum. correct. Yeah, orum penetratio. Oh, fuck. And then, um, yeah, in Urban Dictionary, all it says is ear sex. The sweet, sweet orgasm felt when cleaning your ears with a Q-tip. Come on! (laughs) And using it in a sentence that says, the favorite part after a shower is the ear sex. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So there you go. When you're just standing there going... Uh, yeah. yeah. Like while you, while you're, you're like, working that swab. Uh, yeah. Oh god damn it. Uh, yeah. So good, baby. So good. For a long time, like when I was a kid and I would fucking clean my ears like a motherfucker, I was just like I was kind of ashamed. Like this was like my private ritual where I would go in the bathroom and shut the door and pull out my mom had like a tin, like an old tea tin that was filled with Q tips, and I would rip the top off and see all those cotton swabs staring up at me. And it was just like a field of fucking of of pleasure and shame. All those little white heads. And I loved it when it was like freshly packed with all the little cotton swabs looking up at me. And I was like, which one do I pick? And I would just like pull it out and it would be all like pristine. And I would just sit on the floor and just fucking dig into my ears 
And oh my god. I feel like I'm on a phone sex call with you right now. <laughs> that's how I talk. Like that's one of the reasons that I do this so well is that I just like I, it's how I talk all the time pretty much. Like like I'm just a dirty talker. It just happens all day long. I'm a dirty talker in life, you know? Yeah, you're I mean you're a great like storyteller. As Thank you mentioned, you. you're a writer. You're a great writer. Like, you can spin tales, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you've been doing this for, like, 10 years. Like, 10 years, that, baby. if that is not proof enough that you you have a successful career in phone sex. But, like, <laughs> I just imagine you being, like, very good. You know what? At, I'm not going to fucking painting lie. painting a picture, you know? I'm fucking... I am... I am the, one of the best dirty talkers ever. <laughs> like, ever. Where do you source that from? Like, how did you get that way? Uh, I'm a pretty verbose person, obviously. Like, I talk a lot. And I, I'm really into, I'm, you know, I love to read. I'm very, like, into words and stuff, you know? Like, I'm constantly looking words up and like finding out about words and like finding descriptions. And it's just, it's just like a part of who I am. And I just hated, like when I first started having sex, I was like, I hate that it's just silent, you know? Yeah. Why are we talking? Yeah. And you're just like staring at me and I'm staring at you. And like, sometimes you're, sometimes you're, you know, sometimes it's fine that there's like no talking and there doesn't need to be like paragraphs exchanged. Um, (laughs) You know, which could be very irritating, but <laughs> depending, it could make depending it on what on the subject at hand. Um, <laughs> but I just started like I was like, you have to talk. So I just started experimenting with like dirty talk, pretty like when I first started having sex, and I just really, really enjoyed it. And I was just because I just wanted to know what the other person was fucking thinking. Like I just had all these questions, you know. And I would just have all, and I'm sure it was very bizarre for a lot of people because I would just be like, what do you think about when you jerk off? Do you think about this? Like, and sometimes they'd be fucking me and I'd be like, what do you really, how do you really want to fuck me right now? Like, what are you really thinking about? Yeah, that's a hot question. Oh my God. That's a Isn't great good? question. Isn't that good? I'd be like, what do you really want to do? Yeah, like, like we're what? doing this, but what do you really want to do? You're doing this because this is the thing, the, the sex thing. I got to put it in you or do something to you. Yeah, like but this what is what you... we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah what we're do moving you really want to do? Position to position or whatever, or like, oh, we do this now. But I'm like, what do you really, what do you wish I would really do? Like, oh, I love that question. Isn't it good? Yeah, great. And, 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 some, and sometimes people are like, oh, they're taken aback. You know, they're like, uh, 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 right? And I'm just like, so then it's good to give options. <laughs> yeah, give them a multiple choice. Yes. Yeah, because if you, if it's a lot, sometimes people, it's a lot of pressure. And they'll just be like, I, this is cool. And it's like, no, 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 no. So then I give options. I'm like, do you want me to slobber on your dick like a St. Bernard? <laughs> right? Like a thirsty yep. dog. Um, do you want, you know, do you want to uh, skull fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to drill a hole in my brain and then fuck the hole? <laughs> and then pour all your thoughts into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's do you sexy. want me to sit on your face? Mm-hmm. Do you wish I would sit on your face? You know, like. Um, or D, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you can't <laughs> physically do everything at once if it's just two people, but you can transition. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can make it happen. I mean, the one problem I always find is sometimes I'll say, do you want to fuck me in the ass? And their eyes will light up and they'll be like, can I? And I'm like, uh, right now? No. And that's Next unfair. <laughs> I mean, if they're into tease and denial, then it's exactly totally and you can make it work like you know you can't just go nope but you can you can do tease and denial for sure and you can do like you know you could still be fucking the person or do something to them and they could just you could just be describing it so I just find it's like a lot of people are just very silent when they fuck and I'm just so curious about everything that I just need to know I just and it's a big it's a big part of foreplay for me too. Like I just like looking at someone in the eyes and like talking dirty and seeing where it goes, you know, mm-hmm. and being like, when was the last time you jerked off? What did you jerk off to? Cause I'll tell you what I was yep. doing. Yeah. You know, I love that question. That's a question I ask as well. I'm yeah? like, yeah, especially like in, in person sessions. Cause it's usually <laughs> like them jerking off thinking about the session that we were going to have. Of course. So I'm like, yeah, I loved like doing a little interrogation, like before oh, we totally. start the session or like as the beginning of the session work in like this whole thing of me just drilling them with questions about how excited they are about the session, you know, like, what great? do you think will happen in the session? Like, what were you last time you jerked off? What you're thinking about? Like, yes. and just on and on and Yes, like do you have a fantasy, a recurring fantasy? Because, like, I have recurring fantasies, stuff I keep going back to, you know? Oh, yeah, I jerk off about, like, five things my whole life. I've only jerked off thinking about, like, five different things. Really? Pretty much. Wow. I don't, I'm not very versatile. <laughs> it's not, shit, if it works? Yeah. If it works? I mean, you know, honestly, like, I pretty much exclusively, like, jerk off to when it's like like the most outrageous things that I'll probably not do like gangbangs yeah I jerk off about gangbangs oh my god oh yeah multiple dicks oh more the better and like I don't want them to be nice to me and I don't want them to be attractive either (laughs) honestly like whenever I watch a porn video especially a gangbang video and the guy is cute I get nervous that's like, fair. I get that. I do. Because for me, I don't know, maybe this is just my personal experience. I feel like really good looking people aren't that great in bed because they don't feel like they don't have to be. And they've never lazy. had to learn how to because they can get by on their looks, you know, yeah. or their body or their big dick or whatever. Oh, guys with like enormous dicks are the fucking worst lays in the world. <laughs> they True. really, they're terrible. Truth, truth. Because they just unzip their pants, take out their third leg, and are just like, and that's it. it. And it's like, (laughs) this thing is the size of a telescopic lens. How much do you think is inside me? And also, like, have you not learned how to like use this thing accurately, or do you just jam it into people while they go ow, ow, ow? Like, (laughs) you know, like they have no, they got no game. Yeah. They got no game. And it, it's just ridiculous. It's just redundant. But yeah, I like was watching a gangbang video and there was a guy and he was really cute, like real cute. And, and I, and he was, you know, and I just, I was trying to masturbate to it, but I was feeling so, I was just like, like, I just wanted to like go on a date with him. And I felt like shy, you know? 
like I felt really shy like I was like yeah that's another thing like I feel intimidated around really good looking people so I don't feel comfortable I don't want to like you know break down these walls and get vulnerable in front of you so that's probably another reason it's not great sex is because I'm just like feeling like I need to be like they're out of my league and I feel self-conscious you know yeah do you like me like yeah yeah totally if they're like a gym rat and they've got like this rock hard body I'm just like uh, I'm kind of thinking about my huge ass right now which I'm usually really confident in but right now I'm thinking about it because yeah look at you you know because I get all weird too I'm like oh I look so skinny and I'm just like oh I'm not I'm not cute enough you know like I just get all like do you like me like I have nice hair like I just (laughs) I just I'm just like oh and I just would probably like overcompensate by being a a huge like whore like just by by being like yeah you know like just being being a fucking porn star yeah yes me too that's oh. the go-to if I'm trying to impress someone. It, like, becomes very performative then. Oh, my you know? God. And it's not really about, like, my own pleasure. It's about, like, putting on this, putting on the fucking fantasy. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I do for a living. That's not what I want to do, you know, in I my know. bedroom. I know. And, like, I can still, like, get off, but I feel like it's better if I'm not doing all that shit, you know? Totally. Like, I'd rather be, yeah, when, because, like, when you're really, like, into it and you're really, like, climbing the ladder, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, to, to, to orgasm or to ecstasy or whatever it is, it's, like, you're just, like, a sweaty mess, a dog. Like, you're just not that You're a puddle. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, maybe you look pretty to the other person and some, like, obviously they're turned on by you, but... It's like, I feel like if you really want to get down and like really experience something pleasurable, like you really have to let go of the vanity thing. Totally. Yeah. You know, sex, like, sex is like, yeah, your, your, your makeup is shit at this point. You know, totally. you've got that matted back of your head. Like it's just a big matted nest of hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweaty. It's like wet. Your hair is turning into like, yeah, you got like that knot at the nape of your neck. Yeah, right at the back. <laughs> oh my god. You're like slick with sweat. It's not yeah. like dewy. It's just like slick. And slick. Yeah. And like like you're making weird noises and weird faces and you smell bad, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And the BO's on its way. Yeah. And like your pussy's fucking leaking everywhere. Destroyed. <laughs> just nasty, sweaty pussy. And just like. Once again, I feel like I'm on a phone sex call with you. <laughs> I know. Can you believe how I talk? What a fucking. <laughs> no wonder I'm agoraphobic, right? Like, I'm just like, where do I fit in in society talking like this? Right? You found your niche, baby. You made it work. I have. I, I Who knew, right? Like, who knew? But like. I feel like it's a natural extension of my own personality, you know, like, yeah, because of the way I talk anyways, it's really not much of a show. I mean, I will put on a show because some people are so ridiculous. And like, yeah, some, some calls require a little oh more God. of a, yeah. Like I'm not <laughs> masturbating on calls. Like people sometimes say like, oh, how often do you masturbate on calls? The answer is never, 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 no. never. That's not what I'm there for. That's what no. you're there for. 
fuck no. And also it's like, it's like, I, I have a problem with like, like if I can't see, like, I want to see who I'm talking to. And this person, I don't know what they look like. I don't know who they are. They're a stranger. I'm, I can't get off to, to total strangers unless it's pouring in and by myself, you know, but like, and even then I'm like someone. including myself individual, you know, I'm imagining that's me. But right. when it's just like some fucking dude's voice on the other end, like describing his dick, I'm not, I, I'm no, I'm not turned on. Yeah. You know? People ask me that question a lot too. Do right? I get like turned off, turned on in sessions? And it's like, mm. I mean, there are parts that are interesting and totally. stimulating in certain ways and like, like aesthetically hmm. pleasing and, sure. you know, like I get a lot out of it, but I'm not like in this sexy headspace. I'm in the headspace that I'm like facilitating an experience for someone. Totally. You know, you got to have all your, all your fucking at. lights on, right? Yes. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. I mean, doming, that's, that's the main thing as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Thinking about safety shit and that they're enjoying themselves and that, you know, the ongoing consent conversation and like on and on. Like, I'm thinking about a lot of things. So I'm not just like horny. (laughs) Like, I'm not just like turned on. That's like not at all near where my head is at. No, me neither. Like, I and I don't want to be like, I don't want my sexuality connected to my job. Like, that's separate. You know, what I do for myself you know, by myself, with others, whatever, that's completely separate from, like, what I do for money, and I do not want those two tangled up, because, like, that's another boundary. Totally, yeah, and that's another subjective thing, right? Some people, some folks that do sex work do really want to engage that part of it, and fucking good for them, but that is just how we personally feel about it, about the way we do it. So, Leah, um, Actually, we should be wrapping up at this point. You're, I, I feel like, honestly, of all people <laughs> that I ever have on the pod, like, I honestly could just gab and gab and gab with you. Me too, with you. Ugh, you're yeah, an interesting you're lady, man. You too. Thank Love you. you. Thank you. Love you too. Um, would you like to tell people to follow you anywhere? You yeah, interested? you know, I actually, yeah, <laughs> follow me around, please. Um, no, God. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh-oh. If you see me on the street, do see me not. On the street. <laughs> I'm your friend. Um, there's a lady. Can I just tell you? There's this lady in my neighborhood who, who has a really cool COVID mask. And I want to ask her, like, where you got it. But, of course, social distancing. So I just, like, fucking stare at her Mortal Kombat mask. And I'm, like, envious. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Anyways, um, you can... <laughs> if you're that lady, she can follow you. Oh, <laughs> Anybody please. else, don't follow you. All day. She looks like Chun-Li from fucking yes. Mortal Kombat. I'm like, get over Hot. her. Um, she, so you can find me on Instagram at um, I am, I'm Deep Throat Podcast. That's And I actually recorded a new podcast thing this morning. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a funny thing I wrote. Actually, about gangbangs. Not my experience with them, but my, my imaginary experience. Um, Amazing. Which is more interesting. <laughs> um, so, so that will be on SoundCloud. And um, awesome. you can find it on my Instagram. But yeah, my Instagram and Leah Lerunowitz. I know my last name's nutty, but... <clears throat> you can see it in the title yet. Absolutely. The episode, if people need it. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, so listen to my smutty crap. And, um, you know, follow me on Instagram. 
and stuff. Amazing. I yeah. got it going on. Uh, yeah, you certainly do. Um, so, okay, for my stuff, uh, speaking of Instagram, you can do, you can follow the Bedpost podcast on Instagram. Please do, folks. Um, or you can follow Pim.Lady on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Or uh, go on over to Twitter. You got to come to Twitter, Leah. You really do. I know. I know. Uh, I know. I, it's so funny. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, the time has arrived. You got to do the this The time shit. is now. I know. I know, so, right? What am I fucking right? I, I, I will. <laughs> now that you've told me, I have to. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a dom. <laughs> yeah, you can't say no to a dom, for Christ's sake. You can't say no to me. Come on. Um, so yes, on Twitter, I'm at the lady pim one. Uh, another important thing for you to know is our Patreon for the podcast. We hot. are the bedpost show on Patreon nice. and I've got, yeah, it is hot. Cause I've got like awesome bonus content. That's pretty fucking sexy. If oh, I do say dope. dope, 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 dope. So, um, yeah, please check that out. And, uh, my last shout out is to the lovely lady who does all the original music for the podcast. Stephanie Copeland. Stephanie Copeland. Her music is, is the best. It's bomb. Yeah. Agreed. She's an amazing musician. She's so, so talented. It's not out. right. It's so good. Um, Leah, thank you so, so much. Thank you, man. I'm so excited that I got to do this. Me too. Um, like, you know, I mean, just give me a reason to have you back to do anything. Like, I will be booking <laughs> you until the day we both die. Please, let's <laughs> die in each other's arms. Yeah, aw, that's romantic. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing it. I like it. So, um, yeah, thanks to, uh, once again... Bedpost's uh, favorite phone sex operator, Leo Aronowicz. And thank you to everyone who's been watching. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next time with another lovely guest, fun and sexy guest, here on the Bedpost podcast, talking about sex and sexuality. Bye, everybody. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.